And I'm C. And uh, today we're actually reviewing our very first uh, DC Extended Universe movie for this uh, podcast. Yep, you're right. I didn't yeah. think about that. but And folks, I don't think we need to explain the entire DC Universe and its history. Well, you have the, <laughs> you have the internet. Well, okay. So we don't have to explain the DC Universe, but... No. Um, uh, this is not a three-part episode. No, but we I, I do think we can talk a little bit about our thoughts on the DC Extended Universe, or oh, the, yeah. basically the DC equivalent to the MCU. Sure. Um, so yeah, this is Black Adam. Uh, was Black... There was no other DC movie that came out this year, right? Yeah, Black mm -hmm. Adam's like the only one. Yeah, it's the only one. Because Shazam uh, got pushed back, uh, Aquaman got pushed back, and <laughs> The Flash was like... We're going to sit this one down for a while. And Batgirl got burned. Yeah, Bat Batgirl got destroyed. Uh, and that's million dollars. Yeah, so... Um. <laughs> Think about that. They're like, they decided that this was so bad that they were willing to prove to the... Um, to the um, to the feds that they burned the footage in order to get their tax I, I don't think they burned the footage. It's on I'm some not, no. server somewhere in Burbank, California. I'm not saying they did, but the the I love that that was a rumor that they were willing to prove that if they had to. Well, yeah, you know, because it, it was a tax write-off, right? Yeah, a big one. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not <laughs> surprised. But anyway, uh, let's open up our review with discussing said DC extended universe or the yes. DCEU as it's known. Yes. Um, all right. So see, let's start off with, I'm going to try to be as condensed with the history sure. lesson. So it really doesn't start with DC and Warner brothers, the, the studio that owns all the DC properties. It starts with the uh, competition. It starts with Marvel. Yeah. So in 2008, Marvel had decided they were going to produce and, with the help of Paramount, distribute uh, their own superhero movie from a B-list uh, superhero they had that no one wanted the rights for, as far as I could tell. Iron Man, starring Robert Denny Jr. and directed by Jon Favreau. Mm -hmm. Well, that little movie led to the big behemoth that is now Marvel Studios, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We've yeah. had a ton of movies from them. Um, anyone who listens to this podcast has at least seen more than half of the MCU movies in their lifetime. Um, you and I, I believe, have seen all of Well, I've seen mm. all of them. You, you're missing like a all. couple. You're missing like a couple. I'm missing like three, I think. All right. <clears throat> because so, here's my thing. After, uh, after a while, it was honestly after... Um, uh, Age of Ultron, where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to see the ones that look good to me. That's just what I was going to do. That's, that's, and not, that works a, for that's me. not a bad rule to follow. I I don't know what is it about me that has this sick completionist. Because you know what happened was <laughs> that two things happened. One, that kind of that's kind of compelled me to watch every Marvel Cinematic Universe movie out there. Uh -huh. Um. The first thing that happened was that I walked out during the credits of Iron Man. Mm -hmm. And imagine my shock when my friends are all talking about the post credit scene. And I'm like, what post credit scene? What, 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 what's that? Yeah. And never got over that. The second thing was that I didn't watch Iron Man 2 in theaters whatsoever. 
Me neither, actually. And then all my friends are talking about Thor's hammer, Captain America's shield. And again, this is before I really heavily browsed the internet. So I was like, what? And, and since then, since that moment, I, pr- I said to myself, I will never, ever, ever like walk out of a of a Marvel movie or miss a Marvel movie. And mm-hmm. I don't know, like now I really don't care, but that that's still that compulsion there. But anyway, anyway, enough about Marvel. Yeah. So uh, while all this is happening, right, Warner Brothers had basically gone all in on Christopher Nolan's version of The Dark Knight. Uh, of Batman yeah. called the uh, the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises, which I think we can argue overall was a success. Oh, it was a success, and they they had no issue that their other comic book movies would not do as well critically and financially because they're like, well, we have this behemoth that is Batman. Mm-hmm. But you he's know. better than all. The only one that comes close to Batman in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is Spider Man, frankly. Well, and Spider-Man's not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Or at least the, the Sam Raimi Sam Raimi Spider-Man yes. wasn't. Anyway. That's true. Uh, but, you know, Christopher Nolan was like, I'm not making more than three. Yeah. And they were kind of lost at what to do. And DC decided, you know what? Let's try to do what Christopher Nolan did with Batman to Superman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they hired... Uh, they hired David Goyer to write the script. He wrote the script. They did a big directing search to find someone to direct Superman. They had Ben Affleck, Mel Gibson, I heard, actually was involved. They begged Christopher Nolan to do that. And he only went on as producer and co-writer, right? Yeah, he only went on as producer. And they searched up and down. And the only guy they found who had a modicum of of wanting to do Superman was Zack Snyder, who had already had a couple comic book movies. They reached out belt. to Peter Jackson too. That was the one. I yes, they did reach out to Peter Jackson. So they reached out to Zack Snyder and Zack Snyder says, yes, yes, I really want to do it. I really want to put my spin on, on, on uh, Superman. And mm-hmm. just to kind of really tie home that this was, this was going to be Superman's dark Knight trilogy. They called the film man of steel. And I also want to add, they announced this was being, well, they started filming this when I was a freshman in college. Let that sink in. Yeah, I remember. I, in fact, it took them a while. They took it, time filming this. Yeah, because um, originally it was going to be released in 2012. That did not and happen. And they cast Henry Cavill September of 2010. So anyway, uh, they they make Man of Steel is released in t- June of 2013. Doesn't make a lot of money, but it makes money. And but because it doesn't get great reviews. It doesn't get great reviews. Uh, so Warner Brothers is like, well, dang, I guess we can't make Superman into the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. Shoot. Uh, what's our plan now? And Warner Brothers decided that. And, and when I say Warner Brothers. When I say Warner Brothers, I actually meet a lot more entities than just Warner Brothers. So, uh, the people in charge of the DC uh, of DC Comics uh, of the the DCIP decided, you know what? Let's. We just saw how much money Avengers made last year. What if instead of making Man of Steel, The Dark Knight, we make Man of Steel? our Iron Man and start our expanded universe. And they 
decided, you know what, Zack Snyder, your sequel is going to have Batman and Wonder Woman in it. And we're going to start taking in pitches for like other superheroes because we basically want to make our own MCU. Mm. And <laughs> the rest is, as they say, history. Mm -hmm. um, and let me just begin with with that. L let me actually begin with this. Yeah. Uh, C. Yes. Do you know how many executives in the entire uh, timeline that the MCU has existed? Do you know how many executives have been in charge of the MCU? For DC? No, for Marvel. Well, it's basically been like two, right? Mainly one. Okay, so Kevin Feige is the creative force behind it. Yes. But when I mean executives, I mean the people who decide whether these movies get made or not. Oh, I don't know. The I'm total not. number since 2008 till now is six. Oh, shit. Well, that's it's, more than I thought, but still. And, and and you might you can maybe even argue seven, but six. Because two of the executives retired and were replaced with two others. And one executive got kicked out during a reshuffling. Mm. Uh, and at any point in time, there's only really three guys who have final say over MCU. That's Disney head uh, Bob Chapek, mm -hmm. Disney studio heads Alan Bergman, and of course, Kevin Feige. Mm -hmm. So three guys, right? And in the whole lifeline of the MCU, there's only been six. Maybe seven if you count Louis Esposito, who who seems to be taking a bigger role, especially in the TV side of things. Mm -hmm. Do you know how many executives, how many people who are in charge of green lighting DC movies, DC expanded universe movies for Warner Brothers? Do you know how many have been since The Man of Steel in 2013? So, so no remember, clue. remember, Warner, the DC EU started five years after the MCU. How many? I, I have no clue. I really don't. As of right now, it has been 17. <laughs> okay, so it's it's more than double. More than double. And that that number is insane to me. It six, is a lot. It is a lot. Six for Marvel, Disney Marvel. 17 for for Warner Brothers DC. Well, both are pretty crazy when you think about it because you would ex I would expect for such an expanded universe that you'd get they change over so many years, it'd be a little bit more than six, but way under 17, if I'm being honest. All right. Like, if someone told me nine or 10, I'd be like, I can kind of see that. But that's still crazy. Okay. 17. Jesus. So, to be fair to Warner Brothers DC. Don't be fair to them. Don't well, do it. Since 2013, they've been, they've been through two different mergers and acquisitions. Mm -hmm. Yes, they have. They've been through. But, but even then. Even then, right? And they handled those mergers and acquisitions beautifully. <laughs> they, they did so, so good. <laughs> so, and it's actually really interesting. Uh, because of said mergers and acquisitions, and also a mix of, of just kind of competing creative uh, philosophies, mm -hmm. you really have like three eras of the DCEU. Compared to Marvel, where they've only been under... Kevin Feige. But, e but each era is... Here's the thing with DC. In the DCEU, just speaking to that. Each of their eras is... Two of the three eras is picking up the pieces. That's the problem. Well, you're not wrong. So the first era was the Zack Snyder era. And yeah. that era had two and a half movies. Because that era ended 
with a hard slap in the face on Zack Snyder as he was shooting Justice League. Um, you had, you had right when his very sadly, right when his daughter died too. Yeah. You had, you had, uh, man of steel. Then you had uh, Batman V Superman, Dawn of justice. Mm -hmm. And then after they had shot suicide squad, right. But before they were finished with the final edit, Mm -hmm. they did, they decided, no, you know what? This Zack Snyder idea is, is bullshit. We're not doing this anymore. I think a lot of it had to do that uh, Warner Brothers was in the midst of like selling themselves. Time Warner was in the midst of itself selling to AT and T, and they true. were like, they were like, we need to look profitable. So they tell Zack Snyder to take a hike, and mm. uh, they install. Uh, Jeff, n- no, well, oh, no, that for, for that uh, when I mean as in leading, because remember Zack Snyder wasn't oh, just the, the director, the visionary for the yeah, whole thing, the visionary for the whole thing, which. That be like like Zack Snyder or not, that was never a good decision. Like no, no, it, it wasn't because Zack Snyder is not a he's, well, he's he, a director. He a, he's a producer, but he's not primarily a producer. He's a director, yeah. and he has a very specific vision, mm-hmm. right? And when you're trying to make a universe, if you have such a specific vision, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. That's why Kevin Feige works as a producer because he's like, I have a vision. And I will instill that vision, but it's not, it's not so unique to me that I cannot find collaborators. Whereas Zack Snyder, his stuff is so Zack Snyder that that the other directors can't do anything with exactly. it. Exactly, like like for God's sakes, Zack Snyder, like poor uh, David Ayer. He's not mm. Zack Snyder. He's David mm. Ayer, and he had to make a movie that was very Zack Snyder. But anyway, so they shut the door in his face. And basically bring in Jeff Johns from DC Comics and um, uh, John Berg, who's like who was like a producer on New Line, right? They bring them and they say, "Okay, you guys are going to lead lead the way." And they made some very <laughs> question. They made some good decisions, but they made some questionable decisions. Their 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 first questionable decision was that they were like, "Hey, we're gonna re-edit. Uh, we're gonna re-edit Suicide Squad because people want more of a." Gardens of the Galaxy type vibe, which and, really that that once that came out, that really cemented their they they dug themselves so deep that yeah, he, like they're at this moment they're they have been they they're just about even at this moment, which well, that's how bad Suicide Squad was, and uh, then uh, one of their good decisions was that you know they basically let patty jenkins because patty jenkins signed on when it was still the Zack snyder era they let patty jenkins make wonder woman its own thing right yeah. they said no patty jenkins she's like hi i kind of want to give this a woman's touch you know kind of make it more life affirming less Zack snydery and listen w- w- what else can you say about wonder woman except it's an excellent excellent movie Oh yeah, it's um, of the DCEU, it's the second best for me. Yeah. Um and then another questionable decision was that they were the ones who kind of brought Joss Whedon on board for for Justice League. And uh we we all know how that turned out. Yeah, we that, we um, here's what's funny. We've now literally seen the difference in the vision, which is yeah, amazing. Exactly. Right? So they come in and, you know, there's some fallout from that. Because, uh, you know, Ray Fisher, who played Cyborg in Justice League, 
he did not have nice things to say about Jeff Johns. And or Joss Whedon. Or Joss Whedon, right? It's primarily Joss Whedon, but also Jeff Johns. Well, I think it was also people know who Joss Whedon more is more. So that's yeah. why people paid attention to that. Right. And some things came up. Um like they started, they, yeah, they, they took a hands-off approach with uh, Aquaman and, um, oh my gosh, who's the director of Aquaman? The guy who did Saw. Oh, um, um, oh gosh, I cannot believe oh I'm blanking on his name. Great filmmaker. He did yeah. Saw, he did, uh, Conjuring. Conjuring, he did the first two Conjurings. Uh, John, wait, no, something, no, um. James Wan. James, James Wan. Wan. Yeah, James, James Wan. Wan. So they, so they had a hands-off approach with James Wan and obviously, Aquaman turned out to be a rousing success. Mm-hmm. Uh, but around 2018, uh, Jeff Johns took a backseat, and then uh, John Berg also left. And then we started on this third era, which was um, Walter Hamada, who was also in New Line, and I believe helped produce Shazam, comes best, on board. Best one of the EU, of the of the DCEU, right? So he comes on board uh, while all this stuff is happening. The Flash has been going through like a merry-go-round, oh, God. Of a carousel of directors. Because no one wants to touch. They they went up to the uh, Softy Brothers and they're like, "No, thank you." Yeah. Um, <laughs> even though even though Suicide Squad made money, uh, they could not find a, a new director to take it in a different direction. No. Um, uh, and, oh, no. Walter Hamada helped produce Aquaman. My mistake. Not Shazam. He helped produce Aquaman. You know, so they Wal- also went to the director of Dope for uh, for The Flash. Yeah, and, and he, he did. He, he tried. He tried. So so he comes in and he's basically his mandate is, please fix this ship. Right. Mm-hmm. So Walter Hamada is able to get uh, David Sandberg on as Shazam. Um, he's able to... Um, He's able to finally get someone to he 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 greenlights Birds of Prey, which Margot Robbie was pushing for to make her happy, and he eventually jumped on getting uh, James Gunn to do the sequel for the for Suicide Squad. Uh, he green he makes sure that uh, James Wan is signed on to do the sequel to Aquaman. Um, he basically does a lot of things to fix what's going wrong. Now he's fixing these things. But him and his boss, uh, who who was the studio head? Uh, Kevin uh, Kevin Tushihara, who was the actual like studio head of Warner Brothers. They're not too happy with Henry Cavill. You know, Henry Cavill wants to have a more active role, so they kind of set him away. They're really not happy with Zack Snyder. But see, do you know who was happy with Zack Snyder? No, the president of AT and T. He actually saw. And I'm trying to remember who was the president of AT&T at the time. I, I had this written down. Um, oh, yes. Uh, Randall L. Stephenson, who is the president of AT&T, mm-hmm. he sees a cut of Zack Snyder's original um, original Justice League, and he's like, ooh, that's actually look really cool. And we're trying to create HBO Max. That would be a great thing to put on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Tishihara and uh, Walter Hamada are like, no. We don't want to have anything to do with him. Uh, but eventually, you know, the boss does what the boss wants. Yeah. And he basically forced Warner Brothers to play ball with Zack Snyder in finishing his cut of Justice League. And you know what? I'm glad Zack Snyder got that. No, yeah. So Zack Snyder gets that. And it's 
it's it's a success. It's it was one of the most popular things things to stream on HBO Max. Yeah. It made people buy HBO Max. It, it was we, it was a yeah. It was a slam dunk. We but... watched it with Jay and uh, oh no, was it Justin or it was a different person person we knew. We we watched oh. it. We watched it um, with. Uh, we watched it with our with some friends, and you know, yeah. it, it was a long movie. It was four hours long, but it was great. No, yeah, it was, I remember it was... we paused halfway through two hours, and I'm like, okay, everybody go pee, and we'll come back. <laughs> exactly, but it was great. Yeah, no, it, it was great. Uh, but anyway, uh, Kevin, and then you know, Kevin Tishihara has his own Me Too moment, so he steps down, and Tommy mm-hmm. Eberick takes place, and you think, okay, there's finally stability in. In the world of Warner Brothers and the DCEU is heading on a good path. About well, that. Yeah, about that. The pandemic hits. Warner Brothers is not making money. AT&T is like, Warner Brothers is a depreciating asset. We want to get rid of it. And the folks at, that run the Discovery Channel, uh, David Zatlaff, he goes, I want to buy it. They sell it to him. And, you know, with, new, with a new boss comes new management. So he pretty much gets rid of everybody, right? Mm-hmm. He gets rid of everybody, and Walter Hamad is not happy about that. Toby Emmerich kind of shrugs his shoulder at that, and they then Walter Hamada basically tells him, "Listen, I helped get the I helped finally get the Rock to settle down and make Black Adam, and I finally got a director to to do it." To do uh to do the flash and i had this batgirl thing that was going to be great and you just took it away from me i don't really like you mm-hmm. i don't want to work for you uh i'm leaving but i'm leaving after black adam premieres so uh david zatlaff goes like i don't care and uh toby Emmerich also says he's leaving he finds new studio heads with uh michael deluca who is a longtime hollywood producer and Pam Abdi, who's an executive, they're running Warner Brothers now. And as of last week, I believe, uh, he finally found Walter Hamada's replacement. Uh, replacements, actually. Mm-hmm. Peter or James Gunn, who directed That's The right. Suicide Squad. And Peter Safran, who was the director of Shazam. Or not the director, the producer of Shazam. Yeah. Right? So the fourth And era... for the record, The Suicide Squad is better than Suicide Squad. Oh, right? obviously. So... Uh, the fourth era of the DCEU is upon us. They coaxed Henry Cavill back. Um, I'm assuming they're going to do something. I'm assuming they're going to do something with the flash. Um, yeah, so they, yeah, they, but they intend to release it from what I understand. Yeah. So at the, so at the very least we're like, okay, now there's stability with uh, Warner brothers and their DCIP. Now there's well... finally stability. Well, we'll, we'll, well see. We'll see. We'll see. What, I don't what... have, I don't have faith. I'm sorry. Okay. We'll see. But again, like you had, you had three different eras and we're on our fourth one. And, mm-hmm. and again, the DCEU is five years younger than the MCU. And the MCU has been the definition of a stable ship. Literally, the mm-hmm. only thing that happened was that in 2015, an executive got kicked out from making decisions. That's it. Y- you know what I'd like to say? Oh, and obviously two executives retired, but that's not really shit rocking yeah. the boat. No, that, that happens all the time. Um, Marvel is like a steady tugboat that knows what it's doing. It's small, it's compact, could be a little more creative, could be a little more flashy, but it's stand the test of time. The DCEU has kind of been like the Titanic a little bit. 
at times where it's big, robust, beautiful, and every time they say it's not going to sink, and so far, well, it, some sort of iceberg has come along. The latest iceberg apparently was COVID, so who knows yeah. what's next. Yeah, but okay. So let's kind of circle back to Black Adam and Shazam. Yes. All right. So early in the days of the DCEU, uh, so this is actually really funny. Shazam started off as a project at New Line, not necessarily the, the New Line and Warner Brothers are owned by the same company, but it was, it was originally going to be a project for New Line. This is like way before they were trying to kind of, kind of carp carpamentalize everything into one studio. Mm -hmm. So Shazam started off as a project for New Line, and uh, I believe the executive of New Line at the time had convinced The Rock to kind of kind of dabble into the superhero business and he said you can be captain shazam was captain marvel at the time you can be captain marvel or you can be his enemy uh black adam and uh there were rumors going around that like oh the rock's gonna choose captain marvel the rock's gonna choose black adam blah 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 and boom he decides to go with black adam i'm gonna be black adam great uh so Again, Warner Brothers decides, hey, we want to do our own cinematic universe. And they're like, we need all the superheroes we can. Oh, New Line, you were going to do Shazam? Well, you know what? We kind of we kind of want Shazam back. So they take Shazam back and uh, they talk with The Rock about it. And The Rock basically was like, I don't want to play villain to another guy being a superhero uh i want to make i want i want to have my own movie and they split it there's going to be now a shazam movie and a black adam movie and <laughs> because shazam had no a-list star attached to it they kind of just were like hey does anybody want to make black adam does anyone want to give a pitch for black adam and they had a guy who had just made like this little horror movie for them called lights out they bring him to do the pitch he does the pitch it's a rousing success. This is yep. David Sandberg, mm -hmm. or Sandberg uh, from Sweden. And he gets attached to it, and he casts Zachary Levi as uh, as a Shazam, who, or Captain Marvel, who's going to go by Shazam now because of rights issues, names issues with, with Marvel, and their Captain yeah. Marvel. Uh, but now The Rock. Yes. The Rock basically announced me and my producing partner, um, Hiram Garcia, I believe his name is, mm -hmm. I think. Um, we're going to have this kind of be under my production banner, and I'm going to make the big decisions on like writing and directing and stuff like that. He he's gets his director from uh, Jungle Cruise to sign on, Jaime Colette Serra, who a lot of people know is directing Orphan. For my money, he's directed the best of the quote-unquote Liam Neeson action movies. Like, if it's good and it isn't uh taken or the gray it's a Jaime Colette Sarah movie yeah I was about to say man like the best action movies of his have been taken in the gray I don't know of the other no. ones but okay so uh I would say the worst is probably uh what was it called um unknown. non-stop oh unknown is bad too. no no unknown's unknown's not that great non-stop actually has fun with itself I think I think his best one is run all night um, oh, I've heard one of night is fun. I've yeah, because it's fun. basically uh, 
Liam Neeson hitman against his former boss played by Ed Harris and mm-hmm. kind of the, the parallels between their sons played by uh, Ed Harris son is played by Boyd Holbrook and uh, Liam Neeson's son is played by uh, Joel Kinnaman. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty good like uh, crime thriller. I, I must say, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then the commuter I thought was pretty good. Um, it's basically nonstop, but with like a conspiracy and a train now. Yeah. No. Okay. That's so, yeah, I, that's, that's the one I remember. <laughs> that but, one's but, crazy. but anyway, so he signs on to do black Adam. Uh, the rock gets his people to, to write the script based on the original Shazam script that was written for New Line where Shazam's villain was going to be Black Adam. Mm-hmm. And but here's the here's the rub. The Rock basically signs on to so many movies. But to his credit, he is committed to shooting them. No. That that it's like 4 5 years before they get the cameras rolling on Black Adam. Right? Mm-hmm. So Black Adam's like pre-production and production is happening as like all this turmoil is happening at Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. But and again, credit to The Rock, he's always committed to. He says Black Adam will happen, it will shoot, it will be released, mm-hmm. right? So he's just been saying it for five years. Yeah. So basically, an era and a half later, we finally get Black Adam. So credit mm-hmm. credit to The Rock that. No, everyone, he, no one's never, no one will ever say that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is not an incredibly hard worker in Hollywood. Like, yeah, no one's denying that. It, especially when you're like, "Wow, the the studio has changed hands twice already before my my movie's even released." But hey, credit to him, he got through it. And um, as far as I know, he's committed. Spoiler alert: Black Adam survives the Black Adam movie, so yeah. he's committed to being Black Adam with the in DC. Shazam three. Well, he hasn't committed to that, but he has committed he to being will. Black Adam. Well, we can actually talk about that, but he's committed to being Black Adam with this new DCEU headed by James Gunn and Peter Safran. So all credit to that. So that's kind of the textbook history of kind of like the tumultuous nature that is the DCEU. I know I talked most about like the executives and the studio heads, but if you're listening to this podcast, you have your own opinions on the various movies that have were able to be released. It's not our um, fault that your opinions are wrong, but you know. <laughs> I mean, l- most people will say like Wonder Woman's really good. It is. Wonder Woman 1984 is not that great. It's not. Uh, Shazam is the best. Shazam is the best. Yeah, most people say Shazam or Zack Snyder's Justice League is the best. Yeah. Um, no, people don't shit on the extended cut of Batman v Superman, but they still say it has problems. Uh, the theatrical of, cut sucks, donkey dick. Birds of Prey is un okay. Sorry, Birds of Prey is unnecessarily rated R and unnecessarily violent at times. Yeah, um, you know. So so basically, long story short, people and oh, Aquaman is a good time in the theaters. If not, doesn't drastically reinvigorate the comic book genre. Um, basically, you know, I. I very rarely do I hear like a crazy opinion or or an opinion about the DCEU that isn't like kind of agreed upon. Kind of mm-hmm. like like in that the DCEU is very similar to Marvel in that most people say like, well, the bad movies are bad, the good movies are good, the great movies, which are at least in the DCEU, are not that many, are great, yeah. and um, you know, 
some directors were good for this, other directors not so. So in in that way, the DCU is very similar to Marvel. Yeah. Um, but it's just there seems to be. DC takes longer and tries to go bigger with it. And that's why when DC fucks up, it seems to be more noticeable. Yeah, because I wouldn't say they take longer. I say they move too fast. Because again, mm-hmm. you know, credit to Marvel, credit to Kevin Feige and the folks at Disney, that they spent four or five movies building up to the big team up. And in Warner Brothers Folly, they spent let's see how many movies until the team up one and a half yeah, that's true <laughs> one and a half and then they they threw out another team up movie with batman villains that bat batman and one flash villain that nobody heard of before yeah and yeah that's just just was not smart on any level but again you know the people who made those decisions are mm-hmm. no longer with warner brothers are no longer with, uh, which was at the time AT&T, is now uh, Warner Brothers Discovery. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we haven't talked about the actual character itself, Black Adam. Um, there's not really much to tell. Fortunately, Black Adam does not have... He's a pretty like, simple character. Yeah, he's a pretty simple character. Basically, uh, this takes place in... So, Black Adam was originally, and arguably still is, the main baddie for Shazam. He's the Joker to Shazam's Batman, the Lex Luthor to Shazam's Superman, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, His backstory is actually pretty simple. So uh, there are these wizards who bestow on the purest of heart, the purest human of heart, the powers of the gods, of the ancient gods, right? And nine times out of 10, they choose a kid because the kids are naturally pure at heart. Well, during uh, the... uh, during the Bronze Age, they choose this kid in this country of, what was it called? Canark? Canark? I, I forget the name of the country. They choose this kid who's kind of like a lowly slave peasant. Because he basically is like, I want to free my people from this oppressive, uh, this oppressive uh, invader regime. And in the comics, the, the wizard basically says, you now have the power, you now have the power of the gods. And he becomes the champion, right? So he is being raised by his uncle. And his uncle is kind of a revolutionary. He's like, we must free our people. He's the one, he's kind of the 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 role model and mentor to this kid. And when he finds out the kids become the champion, he says, Hey, nephew, you're not you don't know how to handle those powers. You should give them to me, and I'll be able to free our people because I'm an adult who knows better. And the kid's like, gee, uncle, you're right. And he gives the powers of the gods to his uncle. What proceeds to happen is that his uncle his uncle kills him. And instead of freeing his people, he basically kills the old invading army and installs himself as the king of Kanak or Kanark or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the wizard basically goes like, hey, that's not cool. And he imprisons him. Uh, he puts him into a deep sleep. And then years later... Uh, Billy Batson becomes a new champion and somehow or another Black Adam awakes. Black Adam is like, I hate, uh, I hate uh, Billy Batson and his, his version of the champion because now half of my powers go to him. So he spends his entire rest of his life trying to kill Billy Batson in order to have all the gods power for himself. So mm-hmm. he, in the comics, he's a straight up villain. Uh, 
when DC bought the original publisher of the Captain Marvel comics, uh, uh, what was it called? Fawcett Comics. Uh, they took in, they took in uh, uh, Shaz- Captain Marvel, Shazam now, and Black Adam. And, you know, they got more exposure. But Black Adam basically started kind of becoming an anti-hero around the same time that Venom started becoming an anti-hero in Marvel mm. comics. Yeah. So it became more of an anti-hero. Basically and- when when a villain becomes popular enough, they might become an anti-hero if they haven't committed atrocities of some kind. Exactly. Well, and the funny thing is Black Adam had committed atrocities. This um, is true. And and he some killed kids. he killed kids in some canons. He in his anger, he like commits genocide against his people. Yeah. Um but the big thing is, is that when he became popular, people really wanted to start seeing him fight heavyweights like Superman, mm-hmm. because Superman's impervious to magic, and Black Adam's powers come from magic. So they they face off a lot in the comic books, and recently, uh, he hasn't been exclusively a, a Shazam villain in the comics because he's kind of more of an antihero now. Mm-hmm. So, but. Again, you know, most people, if they know of him, they're lo- they tie him very closely with Shazam. All right. So, like we said earlier, uh, The Rock decided he wanted to be Black Adam. And then he decided he wanted Black Adam to have his own movie. And we finally get that movie. It's finally been out. And see, how about you and I watch the trailer for Black Adam and give our thoughts on the movie? Sounds good. Great. Black Adam, what have your powers ever given to you? Nothing but heartache. I was a slave until I died. Then I was reborn a god. My son sacrificed his life to save me. Now, I kneel before no one. In this world, they're heroes. And they're villains. Heroes don't kill people. Well, I do. My vision has shown me the future. You have two choices. You can be the destroyer of this world. Or you can be its savior. That's up to you. Did he just catch a rocket? He got a rocket. Oh, Black Aiden, you know my fresh coat. So, 
that trailer has a gives off a very specific vision for what this movie is supposed to be. It's not just a superhero movie; it's a different superhero movie than what you've seen it's before. That's a the Dwayne idea. Johnson movie. Yes, but the, you see what I mean there, though. It's like this isn't your regular DC movie. They're very much trying to be something new. That's the, what the trailer's saying. You know, okay. you know what I uh, what I noticed about this is that. Mm. So, uh, folks, is that they ruin a huge plot line in the trailer? Well, we'll we'll get to that. So, yeah. folks, um, I I don't remember I, this released first, but not long after they released a trailer for the Shazam sequel, Fury of the Gods, and remember, this is these these two characters all started off in the same comic book. They were, and for a while they were in the same universe and then they got added to the DC universe. Mm. And this trailer does everything possible to not make you even think Shazam. Even though Dwayne Johnson is literally wearing a black version of the Shazam, of the Shazam costume. Mm. Like from the lighting, the way it's cut, the lack of kind of jokey jokes. Like it's, there's a bunch of like, dark jokes in this trailer yeah. um, they do everything possible to make you not associate this with shazam in any way shape or form and uh yeah i, I have thoughts about that but but first you know first yeah. let's let's kind of talk about this movie right all right mm -hmm. so like i said what two times already uh this was originally going to be a Shazam movie with Black Adam as the villain. Uh, the Rock had the choice between, do you want to be Shazam? Do you want to be Black Adam? He says, I want to be Black Adam. And then not too long after that, he goes like, and I want Black Adam to have his own movie. Uh, so when David Sandberg finally got to make Shazam, he... So me and C are in agreement that Shazam is probably the best DCEU movie. But what makes it so good is kind of the way it approaches the, the themes of family, the themes of responsibility, the themes of, 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 of heroism, right? Mm -hmm. And the nature of helping your fellow man, right? And it all ties into the overarching theme of family and found family. Uh, to be more well, specific. that's what I really like about it is it's, it really teaches this valuable lesson of the fa family can be who you make it. And exactly. It, it's truly powerful. And it, it, I nearly, I nearly cried really and amazing. you know what so the it also was the only dc movie that i've seen uh without being like vulgar but having a much more honest interpretation of kids in like in this universe oh no no totally and you know it's interesting that even though from all my research i could tell that the rock didn't demand a page one rewrite for black adam Mm -hmm. um it sure it, um it does seem that he really wanted black adam to be a dwayne johnson action movie first and then a dc superhero movie second that's mm -hmm. that, that i think you and i can agree that that's that seems to be very much what this movie is trying to be so wait well hold on hold on what do you define as a dwayne johnson action movie what what is what is in that for uh, you i i, I will I'll, I'll get to that well actually i'll answer that question first and now i'll kind of go back to my my thought yeah so i think a dwayne johnson action movie is is one where where the rock dwayne johnson 
he plays a protagonist that doesn't have doesn't have like a a, 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 a intentional flaw he has he has incidental flaw an incidental flaw like he always plays um he always plays someone of moral high moral authority uh he always plays like someone who's in law enforcement or someone who's at the top of their field right and whatever flaw he may have isn't one that's intentional or one that's like like emotional it's always because he's too trusting he's too he can be too uh naive or or, he, or it was a mistake that truly wasn't his fault but he's exactly. taking the blame for it exactly exactly right and and he never there's never a trial or tribulation or an obstacle in the movie both physical emotional uh or or strategic that he cannot overcome and he never ever loses a battle he'll 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 have to end a battle early right but he'll never outright lose one Right. You see this in his movies ranging like he really started doing this like after he made like his two or three movies for Disney. He made his two or three movies for Disney where he was like the, the tooth fairy where he got reconnected with his uh, with his estranged daughter or where he was taking those two kids up to which mountain. Uh, after that, like he started when he started making like adult action movies again, uh, you started seeing like, OK, this is a guy who this is a guy who may be down on its luck, but it's not his fault. The world just hates him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, through his strength, his ingenuity, he always overcomes. Mm-hmm. And you see that over and over and over again. Um, the only time and there you, are movies where this works, by the way. Yeah, there are movies where this works, but um, you never see him actually trying to be a person. Yeah. You never do. Like you can even argue that, like, well, you know, he was the bad guy in Fast Five and he loses. I'm like, no, he doesn't. He doesn't lose. Vin Diesel stops the fight. Mm-hmm. He doesn't beat Dwayne Johnson, right? And Dwayne Johnson lets him lets him leave, right? Mm-hmm. Dwayne Johnson gives him an opportunity to become a, a quote unquote good guy again. Mm-hmm. Uh you, you you see you see this kinds of things and then it's even more overt when he's directly in charge of his movies mm. uh so that's what i think black adam is i think black adam is everything i've just talked about and then it's a dceu movie <laughs> and then very very lastly it's a movie a uh, shazam spinoff which is and real quick you were talking about i, I mentioned uh Dwayne The Rock Johnson action movies that work. One that does work that nobody talks about is a film called Welcome to the Jungle. Well, it's gotten a few names, I think, but Oh, Jumanji. No, 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 no. Wait, what what's the one where he's saving that that rich guy's kid? Oh, The Rundown. The Rundown. I thought it was called Welcome to the Jungle and No, certain, that's uh, Jumanji. <laughs> okay. Well, The Rundown is a good example, and here's the thing. The rundown is the only case that I can think of where he doesn't lose the fight, but he does get his ass kicked by a guy that's like ju- almost just under half his height. All right. So I, I would like just to add that the rundown was made before The Rock started making the Disney movies. This is true. You, you start seeing this definitely uh, after uh, Race to Witch Mountain. When he starts making yeah. a- adult movies again, when he joined Fast Five, you start seeing kind of the tropes, the narrative, uh, the, the, the narrative cliches he takes 
in his movies. But that's true. The, the my original idea before you wanted me to answer what a Dwayne Johnson yeah. movie is, is that weirdly enough, Black Adam touches on elements of the theme of family. In this case, it's Black Adam's family, right? And kind of what led to him to becoming Black Adam. And listen, I I don't want to always do a disclaimer, but just in case, we, we will get into some spoilers about Black Adam. We have uh, to. I would, I would say we don't really need to talk about the quote-unquote biggest spoiler about Black Adam because it's so, like, inconsequential to the actual movie. Yeah. So, so if it comes up naturally... You were warned, but I doubt we will bring it up naturally. Aquaman anyway. dies. That's what happens. <laughs> no, I'm just uh, kidding. Yeah, no. no doesn't. Um, but anyway, so, uh, yeah. C. Yes. You saw this movie. I did. You saw this movie. I did. Um, would you agree with my assessment that to the detriment of the movie itself, it always leans into being more of a Dwayne Johnson movie instead of being the superhero movie that people would expect it to be, especially a, a superhero movie that's trying to, you know, trying to work within the confines of the DCEU. Yes. And is what I'll say. Mm-hmm. Yes. Overall, this movie has a detriment of trying to be something different in the world of the DCEU but not different as you've said in its in the way it's being a Dwayne the Rock Johnson action movie but this movie because it's because it's it's trying to be its own thing within confines of another universe you kind of get exhausted by the thing cuz these different the 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 story's trying to progress but then you see on almost an active creative hand going against it at times. It's very weird. And then it still goes back in the direction that DC's clearly pushing it in. So you kind of this, there's this weird back and forth. Also very literally, like he, he returns to a lot of very, he returns to a lot of the same locations very deliber- deliberately over and over again. And that also kind of, kind of gets annoying. It's almost like, They've decided. They decided that certain lo- locations were like the homing beacon for characters to have mental growth. It's weird to say it like that, but it's like okay, we go to this place for him to have a comedic moment, and then we go back to this place or one that looks just like it for him to have a slight revelation about who he is in this new world. It's like in that way, it kind of became very repetitive. If that makes sense, but. To answer your question, yes, I do agree with that. So, uh, how do I put this? I, I, I don't, I don't hate this movie. No, I don't either, but I don't like it either. I'm disappointed by this movie. That's a better way to put it. Yeah. So, (sighs) to be clear... Dwayne The Rock Johnson did exactly what was asked of him for this role. Or what he... Like, I can't say that his interpretation of Black Adam was bad. Okay. He... I wouldn't say he did exactly what was asked. He did exactly what he... He expects people 
want him to do. Does that make sense? Sure. <sighs> okay. My biggest fear going into Black Adam was that, well, so, so, so one of the producers on Black Adam is Hiram Garcia. Hiram Garcia is basically, uh, the rocks Dwayne Johnson's number two. Basically he runs his production company. He basically makes sure that the things the rock or Dwayne Johnson wants in his movies you get. So you remember that meme going around where people would post different screenshots from movies that Dwayne Johnson was in and you were like, Oh, this is all the same movie, but no, it's the, it's different movies, but he's wearing the same shirt. Yeah. Hiram Garcia's job is to make sure that that Dwayne Johnson always has that shirt because Dwayne Johnson likes that shirt. <laughs> and what I mean by that is that, you know, if you've seen Jungle Cruise, if you've seen um, uh, Hobbs and Shaw, if you've seen uh, Red, uh, what was it called? Uh, the, 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 the Netflix movie he did with, uh, with um, Ryan Reynolds and... Uh, Oh, I know. We, and, yeah, it, it apparently, was, apparently it was awful. Red Notice? Uh, Red Notice? Is that what it was? Red Notice. If you've seen Red Notice, if you've seen... Uh, what was the one that he did with the burning skyscraper? Skyscraper? Uh, was that what um, it was called? I think so, yeah. Okay. They were giving a real diehard vibe with that one, yeah. I remember, in the advertising. If you've seen those movies, you are pretty much get a good idea of how... <laughs> of how Black Adam's going to play out. So, Black Adam has um a plucky a plucky kid that's somehow related to Dwayne Johnson somehow. And Dwayne Johnson cares about deeply. You have you have a woman who a beautiful beautiful woman who who loves Dwayne Johnson, loves Black Adam. Even though you know he's he has a very rough exterior, you have you have many many set pieces that are just a bunch of stunt guys running into Dwayne Johnson and he never breaks a sweat and he always does like a pseudo superhuman well in this case superhuman move that just wipes them all out. I also want to point out he didn't. Br okay, this is a spoiler, but he didn't break a sweat when he lost all his powers. Which yeah, what so, the fuck. Um, and, you know, when you have uh, Dwayne Johnson movies where he's kind of against the law, he's always one step ahead of the lawman. In this case, the lawman is the Justice Society of America. Mm -hmm. And we begin with one of the one of the first problems I have with this movie. Right. Is that we get. I don't know if if the filmmakers expected this, if Dwayne Johnson Thought this was more than enough. Basically, what happens is that uh, in the in the home country of Black Adam, he finally awakes after five thousand years of slumber. Right, he wakes up and he finds out that his country has been overtaken by mercenaries, and this mm -hmm. mercenary army wants to wants to hit him with everything they got, and he basically wipes them out without breaking a sweat. Wipes them out, destroys them. Right. Mm -hmm. And then out of nowhere, we see um, Viola Davis as as Amanda Waller. Mm -hmm. She basically pops up on a, on a big screen and goes, goes, uh, Carter Hall, gather the Justice Society together. And boom, we're introduced to 
uh, Carter Hall, played by Aldous Hodges, who a lot of people may remember. He played. Uh, G- uh, who did he play? He played. He played one of the one of one of NWA members. He played MC Ren. He played MC oh, Ren. That's right. Yep. He played MC Ren. He was the he was the lead in the he was the male lead in the Invisible Man. Uh, he's been in a he's been in a bunch of stuff and he's a very very good actor. Um, one of the things I I would recommend him for for people to watch him in is in One Night in Miami. He plays Jim Brown and he's really good in that. Mm. And anyway, uh, so we're introduced to Aldous Hodges as Carter Hall. We're given no explanation who he is. All we know is that. Oh, he lives in Louisiana and is really rich. Mm-hmm. And he basically tells Amanda Waller, all right, I'm going to get uh, Kent Nelson, played by Pierce Brosnan. And all we know about him is that he does magic. We're introduced to Al Rothstein, played by Noah Centineo. Like, he's he's basically in all the romantic comedies Netflix produces. He's always the romantic male lead. Great charismatic actor, though, I got to say. Uh, mm-hmm. We're basically introduced that... We're told, oh, um, he's taking he's taking over the mantle from his uh, uncle, played by cameoed by Henry Winkler, which was pretty neat. And we don't even he doesn't even tell us what uh, what uh, what he does. And then he says, oh, and uh, I got this girl who can who has wind powers, uh, Quintessa Swindell playing uh, Maxine Hunkel, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're all in a plane and they all go to Black Adam's home country to arrest him or or, or subdue, him, him. subdue him and give him to Amanda Waller. We're not told anything about all we know about them is that they're good guys. Mm-hmm. And we don't even get a sense of like their powers. Right. Uh, we literally after they've shown us their powers, do we get like like uh, Maxine, who goes by Cyclone, saying like, Oh, someone implanted nanobots in me, and that's how I can now control the wind. And you're like, okay. We never get an explanation to how Al Rothstein, he calls himself Adam Smasher. We don't get a sense of how he, he just grows, right? He yeah. grows. And we're like, well, what does growing have to do with smashing atoms? We, we don't get any, any insight on that. The only time we get some insight is with Pierce Brosnan as Kent Nelson. So... Doctor Fate is pretty much DC's uh, uh, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, right? Yeah, he's like he's like their Sorcerer Supreme. The only the only thing that differentiates him from Doctor or from Doctor Strange is that Doctor Fate is the helmet. Doctor Fate wears a helmet, and he becomes this magical superhero guy. But he's the helmet. He's not the person under the helmet. He basically, if you put that helmet on anybody's head, they become, they become Dr. Dr. Fate. Fate. Right? It doesn't matter who. Dr. Fate, uh, that's why Dr. Fate has had many alter egos, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, the helmet always prefers to have uh, its host be somebody with some knowledge of magic, mm-hmm. but it's not necessary. So we we don't even get that backstory in this movie right i know this because of the comic books and of because the 90s and uh, superman animated tv show all the context we get for his powers is that pierce brosnan as Kelt nelson says you know i've been alive since world war ii mm-hmm. that's all we get and you're like you look pretty young for a world war ii like veteran like veteran and he go and he's he basically goes like this 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 uh, helmet has let let me live a long life, 
And that's it. We we never get any idea of like, well, are, are you like a guy who studied magic and the helmet chose you? Is the helmet, like, we get some hint that the helmet is, is kind of self-aware, like sentient. And that it's not of this earth. That's all we get is that the helmet is from a different planet. But we, we get no explanation. And it's not that I want an explanation. It's just that we go from like, all right, here's Black Adam. We get a prologue of his life as a slave. And then we see him do the thing that got him like locked away. Mm-hmm. Right? So we get that. And then we're just introduced to these four superheroes without any content. Like, for God's sakes, like both Suicide Squad movies did a better job of kind of giving you an explanation of what these characters are about. Black Adam just kind of throws them at you. And weirdly enough, the biggest the biggest problem I have with this is that so Carter Hall, played by Aldous Hodges, Hawkman, he's the leader of the GCA or J- JSA, right? He's mm-hmm. the leader of the JSA. Basically, he wears basically he wears like a vest that gives him metal wings. And mm-hmm. we're like, okay, what is that? What are you? Are you like, are you Thangorian or Thangarian? Like, like the second iteration of Hawkman? Are you like associated with Egyptian mythology? Like the original iteration of Hawkman? We're, we're just, we just see him with wings. And we're basically led to believe that he's a very he's straight and arrow. He's uncompromising in his views of good versus evil. But you're just confused like okay what's your deal like why are you why are you working with amanda waller why do you feel so strongly about good guys and bad guys we're given none of that with these characters and it's really hard for me to care about them as an opponent of black adam and as their own characters and as the good guys because you're like you're these four superheroes they're doing their thing they're gonna try to stop black adam and that's literally all they're there for is to stop black adam to add more visual effects money. One of their cannon fodder. Let's be clear. Exactly. They're yeah. not beating him ever. No, they're not. They're not. And this... he's whooping their ass and toying with them at times. And I think this ties again to the problem of the Dwayne Johnson action movie. For some reason, if there's going to be any characterization at all in a Dwayne Johnson action movie, it's just going to be for Dwayne Johnson. Everybody else, bad guy and good guy, uh, villain and allies, everyone else, their characterization is solely dependent on their relationship with the Dwayne Johnson character. Mm-hmm. So all we get about Carter Hall is that he thinks Black Adam's a bad guy. All we get about Dr. Fate is that he thinks there's a purpose to Black Adam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Adam Smasher and Cyclone, they don't They're even get there. that. They're, They're just, just there. there. They're just They're there. Just there. They're just there and just to have young people flirt at each other. That's it. Oh, wait. No, my mistake. Cyclone is there to heal someone that Black Adam cares about. Oh, right. That's it. That's it. That's it. And it's it's ridiculous. Um, And then with Black Adam's allies, it's the same thing. (laughs) You have uh, Sarah Shahi playing uh, Adriana Tomas. She plays like the female lead in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, she basically plays like this college professor who is like rebelling against the the mercenary occupation of her country. And her job is to look exactly like Black Adam's dead wife. 
and, and that that's her job. Her job is to look like Black Adam's dad. Like Black Adam's dead wife, oh and God. to and to kind of nudge him to fight the mercenaries. That that's her job. Yeah, okay, okay, hold on. I gotta jump in here real quick. So, sure. Okay, so I need to say the villain sucks in this <clears throat> movie. Oh, and, I was about to get to the villain. All right, but let me. Okay, let me get to it real quick. Let me say this. We've discussed before that if you want to have a good superhero movie, vigilante movie, you have to have a good villain. You have to. Because yeah. if you don't, the movie just falls apart completely. Um, or just or is boring. So you, I'm watching this movie. And based on what we've described, Al, one might assume that the big villain is the armed force that has taken over this place. What were they called? The Intergang? Like, they had a terrible name. Whatever they were, but they were just a giant organization slash company that was harvesting and mining this rare mineral. Oh, right. There's the MacGuffin material. Or let's call it unobtainium. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, the unobtainium uh, that they're mining. Actually, it, see, one thing you should mention. So yeah. they're mining this unobtainium thing, right? So this this stuff was used to create the MacGuffin. The, oh, MacGuffin, right, the, the MacGuffin. MacGuffin's created in the prologue. Yeah. So it's during the MacGuffin. During the during the movie proper, an they're just my crown. Right. The, the MacGuffin's it's an evil crown, is. right? And it's already made, right? In the in the present day, right? In the main part of the movie, they're mining that stuff, and we're shown that it can actually hurt metahumans like Black Adam. And they do that only once. And for honestly, the unobtainium is never brought up ever again. They just bring it up to be like, oh, this is why we're always being conquered and invaded and once or twice. And that's it. Like, like yeah. it has no bearing to the plot because the reason for it is already manufactured by the end of the prologue. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like, like the actual thing that's important is that evil crown that's gone missing. And you know what's what's funny? They find it in like the second scene of the movie. No, and they find it instantly. It's they like, find oh, it there in, it is. They find it instantly, and it's all about keeping it away from the bad guy. Yeah. Now let me. So, but here's the thing. I'm convinced in this movie, and by the trailer and everything else, that the bad guy is the leader of this corporation. Okay. That's like mining this stuff. Uh-huh. And they want the crown, and then the crown's gonna do something bad. No, 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 no. The 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 villain is the what was he, the uncle of the girl? How is he related to no, her? No, no, no. So 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 here's the thing that's never clear is what exactly his relationship is with the intergang. Like, I was led to believe that he was the one who hired the gang to come into the country but I could be wrong, but in a way, in a way to get to the crown, cause they can't find the crown. He, he kind of like goes undercover as a revolutionary that's helping the female lead. And uh, then when she finds the crown, he's like, ah, I'm going to take it from you. But then uh, she wakes up black Adam and black Adam kind of gets in the way of that. Yeah. So, but it turns out it's this dude who then wears the crown. Oh, and by the way, this dude is like, and it isn't just implied. He There's a really stupid line of dialogue where he's like, I am the descendant of the evil king that took over the nation beforehand. And it's like, what? Why? 
Who cares? And why would you know that? Why would you know that? It's so dumb. But he puts on... So oh, it, okay. So here, here's the here's the thing that's even more frustrating. Mm-hmm. He basically does what uh, the villain in Shazam does. He talks to some demons who are like, "We're gonna give you magic powers," and they give him magic powers. But his way of getting magic powers is like twice as convoluted as how the bad guy from Shazam, who who played him again, uh, Mark Strong. Yeah. So in Shazam, the way Mark Strong gets his powers is that he finds like the seven the seven deadly sins in like a in like a, a stone, right? Mm-hmm. And he picks it up, and the stone basically gets into his eye socket and becomes his new eye. Mm-hmm. And then, if there's like a deadly sin in the stone, he's able to have all the same magical powers as 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 the champion, as the wizard's champion, right? Mm-hmm. So pretty, pretty, pretty direct and not complicated yeah this bad guy on the other hand oh it's so complex so so it's instead of the seven deadly sins it's seven like lords of hell and they're like you got to collect this magical metal you got to turn it into a crown and then it's like an mmorpg moment yeah 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 yeah. what the fuck you got to turn it into a crown and then uh, you need to be, you need to put it on and you need to be killed while you're wearing and it. And you have to say this chant while this is happening to you. Exactly. Like, and then uh, when you get straight to hell, then we're going to tell you to say our, to say our names or like the first letter of all our names. And then, and then we mouth possess you. <laughs> like, yeah. Through the and, mouth. and then basically you're going to come out of hell as our champion. It's like, dude, what? Like I, I wanted to tell those devils, Guys, just do what the fucking Seven Deadly Sins did. It hey, was a Starbucks order level of complicated. Oh, it was so complicated. All because, you know, they wanted to have like like kind of this third third act twist of like Oh, cuz cuz in the, in like right before the end of the second act, um Black Adam loses his cool and basically kills the bad guy as he as he had the crown. Mm-hmm. And then the third act twist is that oh we actually didn't know that if you kill him while holding the crown, he's going to come back as the demon's champion. Mm-hmm. Um, and he plays basically comic book character Sabak. Uh, and the thing is, th- this is kind of what convinced me. She's back. Th- this is what convinced me that like Black Adam took a lot of stuff from the original, original Shazam script was because it's it's the same bad guy. Uh, seven, seven seven evil demo- things seven evil things against the seven wizards and the seven evil things like give power to the bad guy and now the bad guy has the powers of the good guy it, yeah. it's again it's it's the same as in um, in the Shazam except it's Mark Strong and it's the seven deadly sins and it also his- works better because the demons at that point just say you're not our champion we're going to take over exactly which works a little bit better exactly it's uh and and the 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 crazy thing is is that I'm like guys why are you making this so complicated? And okay, so Sabak is actually a character in the comic books, and he is basically the champion for like the forces of hell. Like that's mm-hmm. correct, right? But the thing is that you just put on the crown, and the demons basically take you over. It's so like standard. yeah, that's all they had to do. But instead, it's like no, you have to do all this. Shit. You have to it's... do all this, right? Like <laughs> like there's no need to make a crown. The crown already exists. 
Yeah. Right? Because they're magical beings. They can create a crown and send yeah. it to the human realm. We're magic. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> exactly. That's what You're it not. is. That's what, the, that's what the movie was saying. We're magic. Go fuck yourself. Right? And it's... The, the, the frustrating thing is is that... So the bad guy, before he becomes the bad, he's Ishmael, right? Um, we... Some dude with is, a bad haircut. He Oh, he had a really bad haircut. He is such a weakly characterized villain that I feel I, like he I, wasn't I, told he was the lead villain for like half the movie. Possibly. And he's like, Oh, by the way, you're the big bad. He's like, what? Okay. I, okay. See, thanks. I think the villain in Thor, the dark world had more development than this guy. Here's the thing. Thor, the dark world at least had a good actor playing the villain. Okay. I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far to say this guy's a bad actor, but No, no, no. Well, okay. What I'm saying, okay, you're right. That's not nice of me to say. What I am <laughs> saying though is like okay. At least the villain in Thor the Dark World was like, "Okay, you look cool. It's interesting." Malekith, you're just being right? That was Malekith, his name. Yeah. yeah. You're just being overshadowed by Loki and that's a whole other problem. Exactly. But, fine. but, but Malekith like, had like a had like a backstory, had like yeah. motivation, had like it was everything was really believable. It goes from like this guy's just being an asshole who wants a crown, and only right before he dies the first time do we understand that like, oh, he was the ancestor of, of the old of the bad king. But, but he fucking says it. That's what's so dumb. Yeah, it's so He's like, dumb. How do you know you wouldn't know this? Now like not see, in this level of detail. If you want to talk about bad actors, you know who we can talk about? Who? The kid. So. So, okay. I'm, here's the thing. I, go on. Sorry. All right. So, uh, in the prologue. Okay. So here, here's something that's actually weird before we talk about the kid proper. Uh, in the trailer, Black Adam explicitly states, and you see it like very clearly mm -hmm. That the reason he went bad was because his son and wife died in front of him. Yes. That, that's literally what you see. Mm -hmm. And then in the prologue, it tries to do this sneaky thing of implying we, we, we see this young, young slave boy who's like, no, we need to get our, our, our kingdom back. We need to stop the invaders. And he tries to help his fellow slaves and right as he's about to get executed for it, the wizards whisk him away and say, you're going to be our champion. And they give him the power of the gods. And then the prologue ends implying that the kid turned into uh, Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, the the trailer implied that the kid's dad was Black Adam. And then right? it ends up being that. That ends up being the, the fucking it, it case. Ends up, it, it ends up being the case that then Black Adam says, like, actually, my son gave me his powers. It's like, and, we knew that. Yeah, we, we were like, we knew that. we were Because we saw it in the trailer. He goes, like, the son gave me my powers, and he conveniently died right after he gave them to me. Yeah, um, the moment he did it, it's like, <clears throat> by the way, I love arrows through the fucking chest. You know what's bullshit? You know how I stated earlier that a big big thing about Black Adam's backstory origin was that he killed the original kid. Mm -hmm. Like I, I knew the moment they said there was going to be a black Adam movie. I was like, okay, they're obviously not going to let black Adam kill the kid intentionally. Mm -hmm. Maybe he loses his cool and the kid dies in his arms during a battle and he like breaks bad or something. Mm -hmm. They have to do something where 
the kid dies because of Black Adam. And no, what they have the kid do is that he basically gives the powers to his dad and assassins conveniently shoot him in the heart with a fucking arrow. And I was like, really? You couldn't even have... Because here's the thing. Black Adam does end up losing his cool. He's like so like distraught over his son dying that he goes to the king and basically becomes a nuclear bomb. Mm -hmm. I was like, why couldn't he do that and then be responsible for his kid dying? And then you at least, because that's a big element of Black Adam. Like, and I get it. You know, they're like, well, he's a hero now. He's not really a villain. I'm like, yeah, but the killing of the kid was such an iconic part of the character. Like, okay, don't have him do it maliciously, but have it be an accident or something just so that you can keep that very, very important element. But anyway, they don't. They don't. So, uh, obviously because like symmetry, narrative symmetry, right? The woman who looks exactly like his dead wife uh, has a kid. And this kid, his whole job in the movie is to be as obnoxious as possible in telling Black Adam he should be like Superman. Yeah. You need to be badass like Superman. That's his whole job. And when he's not doing that, he's giving these really cringe, like Greta Thunberg level of like, revolutionary like uh revolutionary speeches like we need to take our country back and he's so inauthentic about it i kept rolling my eyes it was so bad here's my thing okay there's a scene and i'm gonna get very specific there's a scene with adam smasher and um the whirlwind girl the cyclone cyclone Cyclone. okay yeah they he gets saved um and we think the movie's over. Unfortunately, it wasn't. And Adam Smasher gets gives him like a red cape to put on. <laughs> okay. Now, I don't know if anyone out there is a Rick and Morty fan, but I am. And there's a there's an episode where basically Rick and Morty meet uh, the equivalent of the Justice League, so to speak, or the Justice Society. Hell. And at one point. They give Morty like a little red cape to say that he's a part of their team too. And it's very patronizing. And later in that episode, they kind of acknowledge that it's patronizing. But here, this happens they're like, you're a hero too. Here's your red cape. And he stands proud with it. And I'm like, all I could think about was that moment in Rick and Morty. And as it's happening, like I actually laughed a little bit. Because it really looked like that. But the movie took that whole bit 100% seriously. Like, it's like, you're the real hero for using the power of your voice. It's like, that's really a, a nice message. But you're so insincere with it. It's exactly. like you're giving him a little red riding hood cape and hoping it, he can do the best he can. It, it also doesn't help that like when he's not doing those things, he's basically like told... Do the most stereotypical, like, kid things possible, like, be on a skateboard all the time, like, talk about comic books, like, yeah. stuff that you're, be like... Be an American teenager, basically. Pretty much. In and, a not-American country, but hey. Well, yeah. well, well the, the way you know he's not American is that he rallies against the imperialist forces in his country. And I'm like, really, really, kid? Like, I get it. Your there's mom. A li- there's a line he had where it would have been better if his mom said it. Like, exactly. Then, been, then yeah. I'm like, okay, I get it. You're a professor. I get it. I no, get because, it. again, the writers think like, oh, people love precocious kids. But what they forget is that a kid, what makes a precocious kid a precocious kid is that he says, they say something 
mature or profound in the midst of being kids. And that's kind of what makes you turn your head and go like, what did that kid just say? Like, that's how you do it. Not when you have them say like, quote unquote, deep things like every five minutes and you're like, oh, a precocious kid. Like, no, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, the, the climax. Okay. So, uh, so the, the big thing is that Black Adam can lose his cool. And when he loses his cool, things get destroyed. Uh, he lost his cool in the prologue and that got him locked away. He loses his cool and kills the villain, but in the process, severely injures this kid we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. So he goes to the G JSA and says, like, you know what? I'm a danger to society. He says Shazam, and he becomes uh, skinny Dwayne Johnson, which, listen, the one thing I will say about this movie is that the technology they use to make, uh, to make uh, Dwayne Johnson look thin like a normal human being that's true yeah like like this was technology started with uh well not started but it was made popular with uh steve rogers in the first avenger but you couldn't help but be like that's just chris evans head on a short thin guy's body like yeah. like it, it was a little off-putting because the proportions weren't just right in this movie you like you genuinely believe that like oh shoot that's like that's like dwayne johnson looks, before before exact. wrestling yeah, like yeah. you see that and you're like, oh, that's Dwayne Johnson before he got ripped, before he was a wrestler. Like, mm -hmm. hell, before he was <laughs> before he was a football player in college. Yep. It's really, really good. Um, but, you know, he gets sent to like this black site prison where... Underwater. Um, underwater where... Of course. Uh, where uh, the lead from uh, Peacemaker, Amelia Harcourt, is waiting for... Spoiler, but she's there waiting for them. Mm -hmm. He gets He gets locked away. And then somehow through magic motherfuckers uh, or magic, he fuck immediately, you. yeah, through fuck through magic, fuck you. He immediately gets out. Well, well, this is what happens like right away. Pierce Brosnan's character, Doctor Fate, appears to him in, in a in a vision and goes like, "Hey, guess what? The the guy you killed, he came back as a demon. We need you." And somehow, like like either a little bit of Dr. Fate's magic or just the pure sheer will of black Adam. He like, he like escapes from his like tank and not as, not as like magic black Adam as skinny, skinny, former slave Adam. He John wicks all the, like all the like government agents who are coming at him. And then manages to get through get out of the facility and above extremely high pressured water that could shatter steel and he's okay. Yeah. He basically floats like through hundreds of feet of water to reach the surface. <laughs> like, I, and, and they try to mask this thing. That's clearly impossible for any normal person. Right? Like they do this thing. I, I, you know what I think happens? See, I think, Dwayne Johnson went like, you know that scene where, where Henry Cavill's floating in water in Man of Steel? I want that. I want that. And they're like, well, you're in this utter want water prison, but that's just physically impossible for, for your character in his state to be able to do that. I don't care. Make it happen. And they try to mask it by doing a montage of him floating back up with Dr. Fate fighting Sabak the villain. But yeah. throughout that whole thing, I'm like, wait, why are you not being crushed by the pressure of water? How the hell are you holding your breath this long? How are you alive? <laughs> he floats up, says Shazam, and becomes Black Adam again. But this time, uh, he's Black Adam in, like, 
the traditional Shazam outfit. Yeah. Like, like he looks like a member of the Shazam family, except in all black. Yeah. He fights Sabak. It is not a tough fight. Uh, no, it's he whoops Sabak's ass. He whoops quick. Sabak's ass quick. Hawkman helps a little bit. Adam Smasher and Cyclone don't really do much. Uh, Doctor Fate gives up his life fighting Sabak, even though it's like, wait, how how is how is this fight too hard for you? You're like you're like an alien being who controls all magic. Anyway, didn't make sense. I guess Pierce Brosnan didn't want to do more than one. Yeah, I don't blame him. No, uh, he's like one and done, baby. Please. Yeah, and uh, anyway. all the good actors figure out how to do that. <laughs> exactly. So then Black Adam literally tears it back in half and boom, villain's done. Fatality. Yeah, fatality. Uh, the movie teases that Black Adam's going to become the ruler of said country and he does the famous iconic Black Adam on his throne pose. Mm -hmm. And then the, the the female lead, who totally wants to fuck him at this point, <laughs> yeah, she goes right. like... She gives him... And she yeah. goes like... How does in it front feel? of her son, too. Yeah. Which is... She goes like, how does it feel? And you're like, he's going to be like, it's good to be the king, baby. He goes like, it feels wrong. And then just, and he just goes, he goes, wrong. And he destroys the throne. And you're like, oh, oh, Black Adam is above being a conqueror. Oh, wow. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't surprised. Like, I, the moment, again, the moment this movie was greenlit, I was like, well, Black Adam's totally not going to kill the, the original champion. Black Adam is totally not going to conquer this country. He's going to be a benevolent uh, protector who just has like an attitude problem every once in a while. Yeah. Um, anyway, that 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 was the end of the movie. And yeah. here, here's something. Here's something I will say. Here, here here's yes. something I will say, kind of to wrap up this this discussion on Black Adam. I think because the DNA, I I, I totally believe that the DNA of the original of the original uh, Shazam is in there somewhere. You see it because Black Adam touches upon family. In this case, it's the family Black Adam lost. He feels guilt over losing them. And he kind of slowly lets this this woman and her son kind of into his life, even though he tries to keep him at a distance. The big thing with him is that he feels guilt that, you know, He's not a, he's, he does not meet the ideals that his son set for him, right? Mm -hmm. So that element of family is there. And that's the strongest element of the movie. When Black Adam's like, everyone calls me the champion, but I'm not. It was my son. And the, that statue in the middle of this country is, my, is the statue of my son, not of me. Mm -hmm. He gave me the power to protect me, and then he died, and then I fucked everything up. Those are interesting ideas, but they're offset by the fact that, like, Dwayne Johnson just wants to make a Dwayne Johnson action movie. He wants, he wants heroes he can fight and beat. He wants cannon father he can kill, and he wants a bad guy that he can humiliate, right? Uh, and then he wants to he wants to have a scene where he's above it all. In this case, destroying the crown, the the throne. Yeah. Um, listen. Dwayne Johnson, you want to make a Dwayne Johnson action movie? Fine, do it. They obviously make money. They obviously do well in theaters. Some this of one did. Yeah, this one did. But when you're going to be a superhero, when you're going to try to make a superhero movie, you know, it's really, really important that these superheroes have interesting characterization, interesting allies, and more importantly, interesting villains. And I'm sorry, 
you your movies have never had interesting villains. The movies that you single-handedly are in charge of never have interesting villains. They don't. They just don't. Straight up. And they do. because of this, the movie suffers for it. So the back is such a non-entity, honestly. Like he doesn't he, he has nothing to even do with the growth Black Adam goes through himself. It's like, "Hey, I'm here. I'm here, bitches." And Black Adam goes like, "Oh, I got to beat you and look nice while doing it." It's just but here's the thing um at the end of the day oh one other one other quick thing i'll mention that made me roll my eyes really hard now there's been some rumors going around on the internet that dwayne johnson wants nothing to do with the mainline shazam franchise he doesn't want to team up with shazam he doesn't want to fight shazam he wants black adam to be its own thing right tough shit but more importantly he wants black adam to not fight Shazam. He wants Black Adam to fight Superman. And this entire movie just has hints of that desire. When Black Adam wakes up in an apartment, the first thing he does is throw lightning at a Superman logo. Uh, he always seems to be breaking stuff that has Superman logos or Superman toys on them. Like, like I'm like, we get it, Dwayne Johnson. You want to go head to head with Henry Cavill. We get it. You think you're going to win that? It's like, what do you think they're going to have you do? It, but but what, what bothers me is that the movie stops just to do these obnoxious, like, winks. And I'm like, why? Why? Like, honestly, okay. So Black Adam, by, by its very nature, the only time Black Adam wants to hint at Shazam is when... Because it's mandatory, they bring up the wizards who gave Black Adam his powers, right? They they bring up um, um, Jimon Honsu as the wizard, right? Mm -hmm. He doesn't get a line in this movie. We just see shots of him like giving giving the powers to the original kid and then locking Dwayne Johnson away, locking Black Adam away, um, and it really feels like you had to you had to like drag. The producers and Dwayne Johnson kicking screaming to be like, hey, you're you're a Shazam spinoff whether you like it or not. You have to acknowledge kind of the elements that Shazam introduced. And this movie does it begrudgingly. Like they make no mention whatsoever that there's a new champion or that there are new champions, right? That share Black Adam's power. Make no mention of that whatsoever. And I really do feel like that was intentional on Dwayne Johnson and Hiram Garcia's part because they want Black Adam to be its own thing. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, it's not. It's very tied closely with Shazam. And Dwayne Johnson knew this going into this movie because the original project was a Shazam movie where he fights Black Adam. But uh, I don't know. Um, I'm honestly more mad that, like, there, there was a decent fun time in the theaters movie in here somewhere there was there really was but then they had to make it a dwayne johnson action movie first and not a particularly good one mm -hmm. <sighs> it's if you just want to see dwayne johnson as black adam beat up a bunch of kill a bunch of people and beat up a, a quartet of superheroes this might be a good time in the theater but it really wasn't for me i was bored by the end of the second act, this to me is a very, very meh, the mez of the 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 mehiest DCEU movie I've ever seen. Right? It's not it's not dog shit. It's not bad, 
But oh my god, I was I was like bored. I was bored. And I don't think a superhero movie should ever be boring. So for me, the way I've just and I described this to you before right after I saw it, but I said this movie was a relay race. I was exhausted by it because for every little thing I liked about it, it would then do two things I didn't like about it. Uh, so overall, like you, I have to give this a meh. I can't say this movie was like the worst thing in the world. It had fun moments. You know, it was an action movie. You know, if you're going to see it, see it in theaters. If you're committed to seeing all the DC movies, then yeah, go for it. Uh, this is, check this off your list. But in no way do I think this was trying to tie itself with a lot of other DC films. And if the rumor about Dwayne The Rock Johnson not wanting to be a part of the you know Shazam in any way is true, well, guess what? Too bad. He needs to be in the third Shazam movie, mainly because we know he's not going to be in the second. But he needs to be in the third. That's what is right for this. And then he can fight Superman if he really wants to. But no, this you can't you can't skip what's due. You can't skip what people are I, demanding for. Li- listen, see, I wish I could hang my hat onto that, that he will end up facing Shazam in Shazam's movie. I just, I honestly think that Dwayne Johnson will be like, no, I won't, I won't black Adam to be its own thing, but we'll see. Um, one, one other thing I'll add, one other thing I'll add. The, the, a big reason why I think, why, why I give this movie a meh, like a, a big meh, like mm-hmm. a, a very, very, very unenthusiastic meh, is because there's like, and I'm being generous, there is maybe 80 minutes of movie in this, and then it's padded with just Black Adam killing mercenaries and fighting a quartet of superheroes. And he this does is, some of the same shit in it. Like, he breaks through the same apartment like yeah. three or four times. Like, this movie's two hours and five minutes long, right? That is, that is. That is 45 minutes of pure padding, from my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ugh. Like, you don't have enough story to tell, like, not even in 90 minutes. You only have enough story to tell, like, 80 minutes. Like, And then you're like, well, people just want to see Dwayne the, Wa- the Rock Johnson, like, beat up a bunch of people. And I'm like, sure. But this is a, this is a, this is a character that has... You know, this, this is a this is a story that can that has a lot of interesting characters, and you're adding in even more characters with even bigger histories. Like, like again, like you'll leave going like, so what's Hawkman's deal? Is he like an alien, or is well, well, what's his powers all about? Like, you don't know. They just they just show you this really attractive guy who seems to be a millionaire, and now he has wings. I did like the outfit of his look for the record. No, I'll his outfit's that. cool, but there's just like no context for it. You're just like. Okay, like this movie, you'll like. I only know very little about Carter Hall Hawkman because I have a friend who's like really into DC, and he mm. one time gave me a rant about Hawkman. So mm. I know that Hawkman has like a hundred and one different backstories, <laughs> but but and I guess they just didn't want to commit to one. But but then it's it's yeah. weird because so in one of the backstories for Hawkman is that he's a race of aliens called Thangorians, right? And they mention that race by name in Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Like the Kryptonians mention them by name. That's right. Yeah. So you're like, okay, he's an alien, but that never gets brought up. Right. And his powers seem more tech based, which is a new thing for Hawkman, but whatever. Um, Dr. Fate, like, like you have all these heroes that you're 
bringing in to fight Black Adam, and you're like, okay, what what's their deal, right? Like how how what is the JSA? Were they like created by the government as a response to the Justice League? Did Amanda Waller get demoted and now has to work with heroes instead of villains? What's you don't know. Like for God's sakes, you don't even know what's Amanda Waller's deal. You're like she, she makes she makes no mention about like if she's in this situation because of what happened in in uh, Peacemaker, or 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 if she just decided she wanted to work with heroes now. Nothing. You're 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 kind of left like well what what the hell is going on? Say what you will about the other DCEU movies, but at least when they introduced more metahumans, they at least had the courtesy of explaining what their deal was. Like they don't do that in Black Adam. I know I'm harping on that too much, but it's it just bugs me. <laughs> no, I get, I do get it, but at the same time, it's I've somewhat written off this movie for what it is, and I'm ready. I, I'm I'm happy to say it's a, it's an exhausting meh. Yeah, one one thing I will add, and then we'll we'll end the review. Like Dwayne Johnson does have the acting skills and the presence necessary to be a good Black Adam. He does. He really yeah. does. But and he can be vulnerable. He's in the show Ballers. He's, he's he was vulnerable in that show. I would say I'm interested to see how James Gunn cuz James Gunn's going to be in charge of the creative direction of the DCEU going forward. Mm -hmm. I'm very interested to see if James Gunn can kind of coax a good Black Adam not that he would direct the next Black Adam movie, but yeah. I hope he can steer Dwayne the Rock Johnson in a direction where he ends up making a good Black Adam movie or making a good movie where Black Adam fights Shazam or Superman. Hopefully Shazam, because that's how it should be, like you stated earlier. Mm -hmm. So, and listen, all the actors that are superheroes in this movie, they they have, I've seen them in other things, and they have, well, I haven't seen the lady who plays Cyclone in other things. She's but, been in a few HBO things, and she's, but, she's good. But, uh... Uh, Aldous Hodge, um, Pierce Brosnan, if, if they can find an excuse to bring him back to life, and uh, Noah Centennial, as as actors, they have charisma and the presence to be heroes. I just hope that they're Maybe using... they'll keep him as the voice of the helmet in Doctor Fate. That'd be interesting. I just hope that's I a just, good way to keep him in. I just hope that, you know, they do something interesting because nothing of interest is done here, right? Um, mm -hmm. And I will say this. I... <laughs> I would not be surprised that I would not be surprised if more people are more enthusiastic over an upcoming Shazam 3 because Shazam 2 is just such a better movie than they would be excited for a Black Adam 2 because Black Adam was just so meh. I think I agree with you on that. Like, I'm not saying, as much as I love the first Shazam movie, I'm not, like, the most excited about the second Shazam movie based on the trailer. I hope to be proven wrong, but that's just where I'm at right now. But I can already, without a doubt, say that I will undoubtedly like Shazam 2 more than I like Black Adam. If I don't, well, we'll talk about that. I mean, yeah, no, that would... James Gunn and Peter Safran can come, up, can come officially start directing the 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 dcu project soon enough they they start i think um i think they officially start january 2023 like mm -hmm. right now right now it's like because there's nothing to do right now so it's kind of an empty post. also don't they have they have their anything that's currently been filmed they have to release like basically they have to release the flash right yes they have to Which, release the flash uh, but i would not be surprised if there's an, an added scene at the end where 
The Flash now has a new face. I would not be surprised. <laughs> I would not be surprised. Like, like, oh, he warped through time and his face changed. Exactly. I would not be surprised. So yeah. that's been our review of Black Adam. Uh, this has been What Do You Think? I'm Al. I'm depressed. No, I'm C. And uh, thank you so much. Good night, Shaz- everybody. Shazam! <laughs> <laughs>